I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now there's, there's two lines of hieroglyphs. Now the inner track has the classic figures, but the outer track is like the cartouche in the center. It's got writing unlike we've ever found before. We're doing it for Kowalski. This is Filmsack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack, episode 412, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson. Joining me today, Brian. He will ask you if he can borrow your newspaper after he takes it from you, Dunaway. <laughs> Drinking that coffee, too? Oh, hi. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Stargate. Whoa, incoming event horizon. Low bridge. That was a close one. Almost took two inches off the top of my hippy dippy hair. Uh-oh. Looks like it got you, O'Neal. Man, you can serve pancakes with a side of bacon on that flat top. <laughs> oh, hey, Kowalski, have you ever noticed Chevron 3 as a striking resemblance to the Wu-Tang Clan? Hmm, I wonder if you Chevron 7 locked that thing if you would end up on Planet Killer Bees. <laughs> Did I say that? Damn it, Kowalski. Come on, that's good stuff. You unobservant piece of crap. Fifth Avenue Bards? I hope this plan is not too hot and sandy. I mean, I have chocolate and dust allergies to think of. Uh, uh, look, I think I see something. Is that a hairy desert llama camel or some kind of Skeksis? You know, like from the Dark Crystal. Man, I love that movie. All right. I'm going to need no... Nah, get off me. No need to shove. Chill, Kowalski. I'm going. Getting in the gate. <laughs> Kowalski. We're doing it for Kowalski. Yeah, damn it, Kowalski. I love that actor, by the way. We'll talk about him later. Uh, also with us, Randy, I think Fifth Avenue did product placement in this film. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Brian. All right, listen up. Ooh. We're about to walk into this thing that we know literally nothing about other than we sent Johnny Five in there, and apparently the other side didn't melt him, and it has unbelievably good intergalactic Wi-Fi. <laughs> so if you've got anything you want to say, you have to say it now. I'll go first. Now, I know you're wondering why we're taking this nerd here with us. You might not have noticed, 
but he has really good hair. Like, this is a once-in-a-generation scientist who goes to the hair salon every day by the looks of him, and you don't just leave a man like that on Earth when you're walking into sparkly goo. I should know. When I was suicidally depressed, I also had really good hair, and I went to the hair salon every day. And that's where I met him. And we fell in love. And now he goes everywhere with me. No one else is allowed to talk. Let's go. Wow. This was really a this really was a movie of, of a tale of two haircuts. Yeah. It really was. A tale yeah. of two that's haircuts. Really oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. speaking of one Three. a man who has no haircuts. Brian, yeah. he tastes like chicken ibbit. I would argue that I have the ultimate haircut. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, hi. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Can I start now, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Can right. I sorry, sorry. He was talking. Can, I, do, can I have your newspaper? Can I begin? Do your show. Do your thing. Sorry. Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you just mute his microphone for a second? No. I wish. Go ahead. Okay. Hello, uh, Star Maker Agency. Uh, yes, this is Gary over at Casting at MGM Studios. Uh, we're looking to cast a role in a new film called Stargate. Can you help us? Ah, great. Okay, so the director is looking for a leading man, a bookish, scientist kind of guy. He needs to be really likable. Oh, you've got someone. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen Pretty in Pink. Oh, you're thinking Andrew McCarthy? Oh, no, the other one? Oh, John Cryer. Sure, yeah. No? Oh, no, you're talking about the snotty rich guy? Oh, no, definitely not him. Uh, who else do you have? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Less Than Zero. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're thinking Robert Downey Jr. Sure. Oh, no, not him? The other guy? You mean Andrew McCarthy? No, no, no. No, the snotty rich guy? No, forget it. No, definitely not him. Give me somebody else. Yes, okay. Yes, I've seen Mannequin. Right, the one with Kim Cattrall, right? Yes, yes. Oh, Are you sure you're not thinking of Andrew McCarthy? Because I think he... No, no? The snotty rich guy? No, look. All right, you know what? I think I'm going to have to call someone else. I don't know who that guy is, but you better put him on the blacklist. Ah, <laughs> you went on... That was a long trip to get to the blacklist yeah. joke. That was good. It was a long trip, but it involved three Andrew McCarthys. No, it was really totally good. Yep. Very strong. I liked it a lot. Apparently, uh, when you cast Andrew McCarthy in a film in the 80s, you need James Spader as the bad guy. Yeah, right. that's your job, is to get James Spader all up in it. Uh, he's <laughs> short, by the way. I've, I got some revelations in this movie. I always thought James Spader was a tall guy. Uh, no. No, he's not. He's a little little tiny man. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that uh, and much more here on our investigation of the film Stargate. Uh, 1994, I saw it in Las Vegas, Nevada on a trip I took out there with a bunch of guys for a work thing. And, and, uh, I remember thinking the first 20 minutes was amazing and was leading to something really special. And then the mm -hmm. last two thirds was terrible mm -hmm. and, uh, and kind of blowing their, the whole opportunity here to make a cool thought provoking, interesting take on what is really a pretty awesome idea. And, uh, at its core and, and I and I hate to say it, but I still feel pretty bad about the last two thirds or so. Um, but I think the start's really good, so I'm still kind of where I was at in '94 uh, with right. the the film Stargate. But uh, let's talk about it. Roland Emmerich, famous for his disaster movies, mm -hmm. uh, always it usually has really good ideas. Sometimes executes better than others. Yeah, I think his idea here, while not awesomely executed is one of my favorite sci-fi premises and the shows that 
came later, SG-1, Atlantis, and so on, were some of my favorite TV sci-fi. I absolutely love those series to death. Uh, so SG-1 in particular is is right up there with uh, TNG Star Trek for me. And, I hear uh, great I things it, about those. Yeah, those, those are very good. <laughs> I, I love I love SG-1, but if you ask me what I want to watch, I'm, I'm usually kind of leaning towards, right now anyway, Atlantis. I just... Atlantis is I, great. I feel like maybe it's maybe it's a little closer. Maybe yeah. that's the reason why it doesn't feel so dated or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, and I think Atlantis holds up. Uh, there's some some you know equally cool ideas in there, and uh, that cast was also good. Like it was just a it was good mm-hmm. stuff. The one that I don't remember very much is the the more kind of post Battlestar Galactica remake uh, right, one right. that was called more recent ones. What was that called? Stargate Unknown or. Uh, you know, no, it was uh oh I can't remember. Whatever it was. It had a really cool cast, but it it tried so hard universe. 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 Yeah, they just universe. tried so hard to be gritty BSG mm-hmm. that I think they just overdid it. They overstretched on that and it bummed me out because actually the the way the story was progressing was pretty good and then it got canceled and I was super So bummed. not having seen any of the the Stargate post movie TV shows, where like, is it uh, obviously it's a continuation of this? Is it just, oh, we found other, you know, other um, ways that we can turn this magical dial and go to different right. places? So or it's not, it always, it's, it's not a continuation. Yeah. So what they do is they, uh, they copy Star Trek, is what they do. So, you know, Star Trek said, okay, so what would happen if you had a star base that was in the middle of nowhere? Or what if you put a ship, uh, you know, out of the reach of, uh, you know, the rest of the federation mm-hmm. so that's kind of where atlantis goes they 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 reach too far mm-hmm. uh and they're and they're stuck oh. out there and so that's what really kind of explore. well atlantis was like discovery or, or like um not discovery uh uh, uh what's the one it's the yeah. one where the cat the lady captain jane jane way get it get it get it <laughs> voyager geez uh yeah it's like voyager but the original sg1 is daniel jackson dr jackson it is colonel o'neill uh, except he's MacGyver in this or in the show. Great, he's great fit. picks for both of those characters too. I, yeah. I, I thought because uh, the characters play pretty good. Uh, oh, they're fantastic in the show. Um, but they they kind of just reset the thing. Like it's not yeah. they. Daniel Jackson gets coaxed into the into the program again, and and O'Neill isn't quite so injured in the show. He's he's funny and kind of loose. MacGyvery. And, MacGyver, yeah. And uh, <laughs> does he keep his MacGyver way, hair though? Like he doesn't doesn't go to the Kurt Russell. No, uh, no, no. He keeps it short. He keeps yeah. it short. Not, oh, really? not okay. like not like Kurt Russell though. That that was that was my. Yeah, there's no there's no cut. There's no scene as I remember, and it's been a while since I've seen the pilot. But I don't think uh, Richard Dean Anderson or whatever his name is. is that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah Richard uh-huh. Dean. He never he never has the mullet and has to cut it or anything like that. He just gotcha, starts okay. out starts out kind of kernelly or whatever. But. Um, it's a much, and then they have other cast members uh, like Lieutenant Carter, who's, uh, this awesome actress, um, I forgot her name. She's done, she's done a lot of great things, uh, on, on, uh, sci-fi channel. Yeah. It was also she's great. called, uh, San- did you ever watch Sanctuary? Sanctuary? Sanctuary's cool. Yeah. She's in that. Yeah. I think, I think that's her. Yeah, that was uh, her. Yeah, that was her. And then there's, uh, this, I forgot the other guy. Anyway, they even have some, introduce some characters there that would then later, show up in uh oh yeah bo bridges is is well that he's later though because he replaced the guy who died um yeah ah frick i can't remember anyone's name today but they're all uh really good and the show is like every week Ooh, the we found this new location on the thing let's go through and they'll find some 
crazy new thing to deal with. It is very Star Trek in that way. They're discovering. Mm-hmm. It's like they're discovering Discovery everything, kind of thing, kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Now there is an yeah. overarching story. You know, Anubis. You, they have a run in run-ins with Anubis and Ra and everybody. Uh, all the but big... they're but they're parasites. They're the Gaul. So it's a it's a little bit of a departure from what. Well, this the movie was. just didn't explain it. So right. So the movie in, in the movie they said that Ra was this alien that and they, possessed... they implied it was like uh, they they implied it was like the the big the big eyed aliens, but he had, he had found a way. Yeah. In the in the show, they're these little they're symbiote kind of worms basically that take over their bodies and then become, you know, these they're the horrible evil sentient beings and blah blah blah. But they but they keep some of that motif. And one of the best parts about the show, Brian and and why I th- think you should watch it is Christopher Judge, the actor who's most yes. recently famous for playing uh, Kratos in God of War, the God of War uh, reboot. Mm, so good. Uh he plays this character called Tilk and Tilk is one of the guards. So you know these two guards uh, that are there are two or three guards that are sort of prominently displayed in here that work for Raw yeah, with with the head yep. with the headgear. The headgear. Well, yeah. He's one of those. It's like an elite force of of you know these guys, and they're all a certain race. They never get into this in the movie, um, but Tilk ends up coming. It's a long story, but Tilk ends up joining the team and coming back, and he ends up working for them. And he kind of becomes. It's sort of like in Star Trek, you got Seven of Nine or Data or Spock. Right. You know, these mm-hmm. kind of like... Oh, the logic... Uh, like a right. wharf kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, like the culturally just a little bit stunted, you know, Drax the Destroyer kind of mindset. Gotcha. Uh, yep. He becomes that, and he is one of the most fun, memorable science fiction characters ever. Man, so, this SG-1 yeah. sounds great. Now I want to watch it. I wanted to paint that comparison. I think it's important yeah. because... The movie could have come and gone, and that would have been it. So I don't know whose decision well, it was or how they worked it out, I, but I'm glad they did. Yeah. And see, I disagree. I think it's it's hard to watch this movie from beginning to end and not immediately think, okay, there's a lot more p- potential here for a lot oh, of yeah. stories. Oh, yeah. Like I, I feel like the the TV series Siri Siri the mini Siri the mini Siri are are sort of like they're like inevitable. You just triggered everybody's phone right yeah. now. I hope you know. Right. <laughs> hey Siri. Hey mini Siri. Uh, Play, play Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, she all no, that's all she's good the for. Only, nope. the only... hold, on, hold on, sorry. I gotta stop Siri. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Siri was actually playing Coldplay. Okay, so, um, <laughs> but it's inevitable, and, and, and it's inevitable because this is such a great story. I, I'm not certain that it's a great movie, but it's such a great story. It's almost like... Uh, it's almost like the mistakes. You're like, how could you have done this in spite of where you had what you had to, right. as a foundation to work on? Yeah, you know? I would actually like, say it's a bad movie in its in its execution, but it's partly because the story. I don't even think the story's that great that they built around it, but their basis, their world right. building, the, their the concept universe, is so good. Yes, yeah. I, that's absolutely what what I was going to say. The universe that they've built here is really really cool, and I want to know more about how they where they found this thing in the desert and and you know all that and then uh but boy did they just they, really paint I, it with like gray paint right <laughs> i think i really i really think emmerich emmerich uh shot this chronologically i believe and, and it, it kind of shows because uh all the energy is spent at the beginning of the film because in the beginning emmerich is really chal- uh, channeling like uh spielberg and lucas uh, in his in his in his shots and his ideas, and then about you know, like you said, like in the second second and third act, it just it just kind of 
it just kind of falls into this. It almost feels like a TV show. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it just kind of uh, kind of falls apart a little bit. Yeah, I would say that that's an accurate way of putting it. Um, and is it because it's so tropey? Like, oh, we've discovered an alien land. Now we have to start the whole communication thing. And oh, right. a candy bar is now the gateway to communication. And and oh, he's offered me his daughter. I mean, that feels just, like something you can just keep going. Alien movies. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Seriously, the, this is one of the tropiest things I've seen in a long time. I, oh, I yeah, started. I, I stopped. I ran out of. I ran out of ink. I just didn't care right. anymore. <laughs> this whole this whole film sack episode could be. But up to a point. Like uh, again, up till the till the moment they pass through, and I would even say after a little while they were in there. You know, it's it, seeing the desert and the pillars and the pyramid, and them getting set up in camp right. and trying to decide what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting stuff there. Them them you know them forgetting to find out whether or not there's an assured way to get back, and and he's like, well, yeah, I can get us back with the seven things, but I don't know what they are till I get over there. Yeah, uh, I, so I kind of like that. Because I, I didn't yeah, really good. notice it before. I I kind of like the writing on that because at first I was like, "Well, that's silly. That's not that's not consistent with the character." Then I'm like, "But then he explains it because they they wipe it away and they go, oh yeah, the reason why the symbols weren't there like they were on Earth is because writing is forbidden. Therefore, what he's looking for is you know symbols, and they were all hidden. Yeah, they were all uh, secret knowledge stuff he had to find right. through you know." getting a girlfriend and then digging down right 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 so harry harry freaking out and throwing his books at him uh from third rock from the sun yeah. uh, by the way was hard to, hard to take serious by the way in this movie. it really was yeah exactly yeah. you can't watch french uh, stewart without going okay french no, stewart but speaking of third rock from the sun Ra him herself Ra <laughs> is absolutely the, the perfect combination of joseph gordon levitt and alanis morissette once you once you get that in your head, you cannot unsee. It. Yeah, they are, it's a fun combination. I sent you guys. I think I sent you guys a picture yesterday of him today. He's a big, oh, yeah. big buff, he's, tatted up. He's a very he's a very pretty, pretty man in the in the film. Uh, very different now. Yeah, right. very different and, now. And he, they played to that because that's that's the reason why uh, you know during that time he just got through the crying game, right? Like mm-hmm. a few years yeah. prior to this, not even and a few. So, it was a year a year before. Is all so, right, right. Yeah. And I I thought it was interesting. I saw some trivia on this. And I thought it was interesting that 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 little breastplate thing he wore mm-hmm. in the movie was because he refused to take out his nipple rings. Oh, and I'm like, he didn't want to really? take them out. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. afraid they close up. I guess I don't know. I can't, I'm making a movie trivia. here. Crazy bit of <laughs> trivia for me is that the actor who played Roger Davidson is five foot three. Yeah, little, and little guy. How did they do? How did they make him look so much taller than that in this? Every well, time he's on once. screen. It's also it's also very unusual for somebody in a, with a modeling career, which is what he had before this and some after this, uh, that's that uh, diminutive. Typically, your you know models are generally very tall, like six foot and beyond, and he's a, a little tiny guy, but he's very right. very unique looking person. Like there's no question about mm-hmm. that. There's a there's a maturity and a infantile look to him at the same time. He looks yeah, right. like a little kid, but not so. This idea yeah, that choice. this idea that the alien possessed. A young villager, it's he's kind of perfectly cast in that regard. Um, something I did notice that I've forgotten about is the the way that they modulate his voice is exactly what they do in the TV show for the for the god people for the Anubises right. and the Ra's the and everybody. Oh, that the yeah yeah, that and the flashing cool. the kind of flashing eye thing and and all yeah. that stuff that they do. Like they they kept they kept a lot of that pretty consistently. <laughs> and I'll tell you what they absolutely kept 
was the soundtrack, dude. It was ripped yeah, right out of SG One. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously SG One ripped it out. It's of such good music, though. I was I was so impressed by the music. No, it's an incredible. Howard Shore joint or uh, no, no, no. So here's David I got Arnold. trivia. I got trivia. David Arnold. Okay, okay. now here's the deal. David Arnold. Okay. At the time, he's working as a clerk at a record store in England. He wow. was recommended to compose the score for the film by a friend uh, on the DVD's commentary track. Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. They're the writer director combo here admit that they were a bit nervous after hiring him since his scoring experience at the time was limited to a few very short films and only one full-length movie their doubts were gone soon as they heard what arnold had composed and they continued their cooperation with him on independence day and godzilla and beyond that guy's since gone on to do like you know uh, james bond reboots and all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. um they said that the uh, uh, they also state that he, the quality of his score for the movie is best exemplified by the countless times it was reused in trailers, TV spots, and programs. I would a hundred percent agree, and that is a hell of a find. He is that's the best mm-hmm. thing about the movie is his his scoring. It's really really good. Yeah. My my only complaint is that he didn't have uh, alternate themes in his head for the film. Mm. He had this one theme, and so we get theme and variations. And by the end of the movie, I'm a little tired of it. Now. Having said that, it, it's reminiscent of like Dragonheart, where you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. Yeah. And it's okay that you just keep returning to it because it's that good. I just wish that there was something else going. You know, like how John Williams had Star Wars, oh, and then he also had yeah. the Imperial March and yeah. this whole mm-hmm. other thing. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Luke's theme, Han's theme. Right. right. You had, yeah. Like yeah. a different. Yeah. David Arnold only had one theme for this, for, right. <laughs> this film. This guy, this guy would. Right, this guy was working at a record store compared to Williams, who was like a monumental so, talent. So it's like the Brady Bunch, how it's just the different the different speeds of... But it was still... I, 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 I really just still enjoyed it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really like... Okay, so I just want to play this. This is... I'm sorry about the, the, the tight turn I'm making, but it made me think about the Stargate Atlantis theme, which was not written by him, although it has some you know stuff in it that's definitely Stargate. But Joel Goldsmith, son of famed uh, composer Jerry Goldsmith, who literally scored last week's movie, Gold, uh, Logan's Run, uh, did the theme for that. And I just want to play a tiny bit of it. Hold on a second, because it's one of my favorite little scores of all time. And this first part's very, like, very Stargate. Yeah. And then it goes nuts. Oh, they open the gate. We got the stuff coming through. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, they, they promised a lot more action oh, in this one. And the bad guys so were really cool. They were race. And they were basically uh, space vampires. Yeah, they were and, awesome. Uh, what were they called? The Wraith. Yeah, they were Wraith. Yeah. They were called and the Wraith, were, right? Yeah, the Wraith. The Wraith, right? The yeah, Wraith. It, they. Oh, you're just making me want to binge these shows. Like, I, 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 I love I'm it. Gonna, I'm gonna and, go watch one. I feel like right. I need to go watch one. Yeah. yeah, and you get to see a Momoa. So he's like, uh, I think he comes in like season two or three. Momoa. Pops no, he's in. a he's there the, from the beginning. The Momoa. No, he's the Momoa. He's from there. He's in there from the very get go. He's a he's a regular cast mate from the start. I didn't think they started him until season two because they uh, they they took one of the characters that was a primary character and they and they put him. Uh, I never understood why, but he was like he was a really important part, and then they like uh, killed him oh, early. Maybe on. I'm remembering Spoiler. it wrong. I thought he was there from the get go, but I could be no because they they found him on like on the mainland, I believe. Oh uh, well, he's great. He's he's right. real good in this. It's ironic that the show is called Stargate Atlantis, and he would go on to become Aquaman one day. 
yeah. uh, with his own version of Atlantis. But anyway, back yeah. to the movie. Again, we're seeing. I knew this was going to happen too in our discussion. This this movie would be. It's just not great, but no, the it's, seeds it's were gate. there. Yeah, it's a gate right, it's a of gateway. sorts. Yeah, you might call it yeah. a stargate, really, to other yeah. things. <laughs> It's uh, at forty-eight, forty-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, that that makes sense to me. It, it, yeah. Like, I I get that if you come into the, watching this movie as a critic, with sort of like I'll forgive anything because it's pretty. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like this film. Like, yeah. it is really well shot. Well, as it's also the 50, 48, 49 percent of the film is really good. Like the first <laughs> half of the film. Yeah, <laughs> like it's you, really strong. If you, yeah, if you rate it like that, it's like yeah, about fifty percent of it is great. Yeah, it's got really good sound work throughout. I think, except for I only have a couple exceptions. There's a they they reuse a cocking sound over and over that sounds like it's taken yeah. right out of Counter Strike, and it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, though, like really good sound mixing and work. It sounded great on headphones. Um, music was I, was punctuating everything. I thought a lot of the tech still looked cool, and I still get excited when that does that when the gate does that flow out thing that it yeah. does. And then mm-hmm. and the show's mm-hmm. famous for Locking. having that all the time as well. Although yeah, in the early the seasons, the abyss, the abyss goo, you mean coming out of it? Is that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah? And just a warning in the show in the early SG one, it's not as good. It's clearly more no. expensive to do the movie version. It got better as time went on. Ooh. So yeah, they, they had TV, they had TV budget money <laughs> yeah. for for Stargate, yeah. even though it was Showtime. <laughs> because Showtime, you know, this is way back in the day. This is before it was big money and and, and you know creating content like that. And uh, the one thing that disappointed me about going back and watching SG one was realizing how played down the headgear was compared to the headgear uh, in this Oh, movie. I prefer it because the headgear in this movie is freaking stupid. Like, it looks it's cool awesome. holding still, but the minute it starts puppeting around like a puppet, like a freaking hand puppet. I love ah. that. I love that. Because uh, I could imagine yeah, being you know, some kind of like tech it. inside. I, I love the little bird heads and stuff. I thought it was amazing. I mean, I, again, as, as a standalone, you're just standing there concept art. It's awesome. Right. As a, because as when a we moving... first get introduced to uh, Tilk in uh, in the series SG One, uh, they just come in. They got like viper heads, and they're very simple, and they look kind of clunky. And well, and the vi- keep in mind too, it was for a different dog, different dog, a different god different, that they yeah, were serving. God, yeah. 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 yeah, but but yeah, like Anubis. they they just were to me. They were unwieldy and probably impractical, and I don't know what advantage oh, yeah. they actually gave those guys. But it was nice to see. Uh, uh turmeric vonkowski what's his name hold on um i can't think of his name that's what i that's what i use in my lasagna (laughs) wait 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 digimon hansu or however you say his name oh yeah yeah digimon hansu yes is it digimon just went by digimon yeah it's it's, i don't think you pronounce the d i think it's jimon jimon hansu okay yeah, but he ah, was, it was very remember. brief, but I remember that being one of the yeah, first times I ever sure. saw that guy, and I think uh, Amistad was not too too distant from this somewhere behind or before it. I don't remember. But uh, he's great. Uh, didn't live long. Whatever. And he didn't he didn't have anything to do in this film. Yeah. Like, the the main guy that they first meet, the leader of the, of the slaves when they get there, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but, like, he's just stunning oh, in this he's film. Great. He's amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. His name is uh, John, no, no, Eric. I had it written down because I had the same Eric thought. Avery? Eric Avery, uh, I think. Eric yeah. Avari. Yeah. Avari. Avari, maybe that's it. He's great in every, and he's in everything. I feel like I've, I see him in everything. <laughs> yeah. He well, looks like he lives in the desert, right? Yeah. He totally does. Yeah. Yeah. He's your Jafar for your live action uh, 
movie. They should have used him. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because right. he can he can play evil. He Although can play good. He, he like uh, he's, he's now like or nineteen fifty two. So he's yeah exactly. Well, right. that's all right. Make Jafar old. Who cares? Jafar was old, wasn't he? Jafar <laughs> he was looked old, all yeah. old. He's an old, he's an old Jafart. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, but he was younger than us in this thing, like kicking it. By the way, I did a little checking on the ages. I like to do that. Kurt Russell was forty-two when they made this. Wow. Uh, James you know, I, James Spader was thirty-four. Is all just a young young buck there, James Spader with his sweet hair, looking good. Speaking speaking of, um, we haven't done this in a while, but we have to give the worst IMDb photo to oh, James yeah. Spader. There's no contest. I don't I don't know what he or his agent is thinking. It's horrible. <laughs> What the the him standing in front of like some awards? He's he's standing in front of words you can't see. It looks like the words are like "ope anus" or something like that. <laughs> he looks really bad. Like he looks just wretched. I don't, know. I don't think that's nearly as bad. Let me. Oh, I he think just looks like a, on the top. He anus. just looks like a, a an aging actor. He looks fine. I don't think he looks bad there. I think he looks fine. He looks kind of cool. The the one I would look at in here and say. The be- okay, I'll, I'll t- let's turn it around. The best IMDb photo, B- uh, IMDb photo is Kowalski, a.k.a. John Deal. Look at that dude. He's cool, man. I want him in all my westerns. I want him in every movie that I need a crusty, smart, good-looking, handsome. Yeah. Like, he is a handsome mother-scratcher. So look well, at that dude. Just now realizing that it's almost like the producers of the film didn't know how to spell Kowalski. Like, they, yeah, they said, yeah. I don't know, K-A-W-A-L <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, it's not you right. You gotta have a it? Kowalski in your military movie, yeah, though, right? But you spell that's it K O W A L S K I. That's yeah. that's yeah. the only that's, way to spell Kowalski. Yeah. That's the way I spelled it in my notes. <laughs> okay, yeah. I got one. I got one. Uh, Randy, I'll challenge you and say, uh, Gianin Loeffler is your IMDb wow. crap photo of the week. How far do I have, how far <laughs> do I have to go down to see that? Oh um, well, yeah, it's in the first go. list. He's just below French Stewart. But yeah. uh, it's by the way, French Stewart looking good in his IMDb. I think they used uh, Fred Schneider's photo from the B 52s oh. for French Stewart. <laughs> See, I, you know, th- this character, this this character, Gene and Loeffler, go through the star. Okay, <laughs> it was that that character. Just say hieroglyphics on the side of the road. It looks like him. Sorry, go ahead, Dunaway. What we no, doing? no, no, that, and I won't that, do it anymore. I feel like no, I'm no, I, it, it was for the intro. I get it. You, I'm, I'm, I'm well. <laughs> he knows. It doesn't. He knows what's up. I'm well. Uh, uh, so the the that character, uh, they they were playing with this idea. I don't think they ever really came across too well. They they were playing with the idea that this planet that everybody was at was uh, was a collection of people across the galaxy, and some of these people were not as far evolved as others. And I felt like he was supposed to his character was supposed to be like a Neanderthal or something. Well, maybe. yeah. So yeah. I. The first thing I did when I saw him, I said, oh, my God, is that the guy who played Chaka on Land of the Lost? Right. Because he's got right. a very he similar, like, right? like, you know, I don't want to say he's got a Unibrow, face that looks like it. a caveman, but yeah. he can be made up very well to look like a caveman yep. or, or Neanderthal. Unfortunately, I was bummed to find that he did not play Chaka on no. Land Chaka, of the Chaka. Lost. He's definitely not Chaka, Chaka, but he looked just like Chaka. Uh, yeah. I, uh, the, the, uh, the idea, so this is something they carry through on the show. The idea that the the people are scattered to different parts of the universe that all came from the same gene pool as the people who grew up in Egypt in our time in right. our in our you know Earth's timeline 
is very cool right. and they go really interesting places with that on the show because that's exactly what they do and so it's a great way for them to deal with this issue of um the universe is full of people that look just like us star trek tries to cover that up by saying well some of them have bumpy noses and these guys have longer ears and <laughs> you know they kind of make them alien but they're still humanoid this is just straight up no they're all we're all from the same gene pool so no matter what you're running into with the exception of the guauld and the wraiths and the kind of weird you know the the real big baddies of the show everybody's just people mm-hmm. and, and it's i think it works real well on especially on the shows uh because it's a fun take on that without you know it's discovering it's it's like a discovery in itself it's like oh right. they're just they're 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 not only like us they are us because we were all of you know we're all from the same thing and this idea that as as i was a kid growing up you'd look at like egyptian culture and all the pyramids and the and the and the you know the, all the weird imagery and everything when you're young it's just so out of this world and this Alien. show and this show where this concept comes in and says all right that's how we feel too what if we make it truly out of this world what if the origins of all of it aren't here they're from somewhere else and while not historically accurate it's a really fun playground to mess around in it's totally right, because you could, it's funny you, to point out too, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you know what? You go first, Randy. Go ahead. I, I just like the idea that you can take it anywhere. Like it makes me sad that only the only the mysteries around Atlantis are the the place that it really ever went. Because you could just go all around the world, like Indiana Jones, like oh well, here's something that's weird from long ago, mm-hmm. and boom, oh Stargate right there. Yeah. Well, they do yeah. a lot of that, especially in SG One. SG One is a uh is an all over the place thing. Whereas Atlantis, Atlantis was, was weird because it turned out Atlantis was not on earth. It was a long ways away and in a place they couldn't get back from. They never could get the coordinates right. or maybe they, they, they actually the found at the end, at near the ending of season, I guess it was nine or 10 of SG one, maybe a little earlier than that. They, they discovered a second gate. Uh, and that's the one that allowed them to go further. Uh, right. And that's where they got to Atlantis and then got cut like off. Super gate. Right. And then, like, yeah, yeah. And so they ba- the, uh, they really gate, they gate really two point basically. <laughs> they they really did do this thing though, where where SG one kind of lived in the same era as TNG, and Voyager kind of lived in the same era as as Atlantis, and they and and I, you know Atlantis maybe more the the criminal here, but you know they were they were stealing that idea. They were like, what if we got cut off, you know, lost in space kind of idea, and that's what they they went with. And I actually think it worked a lot better for Stargate than it did for. Uh, did for the other thing. Right. The main for guy, sure, what was his sure name? Thing. Jack. Uh, I can't remember the name. Jack, main Jack O'Neill. You talking Jack, about no, his character? No, the one in Atlantis. Who was the guy in charge? Oh, yeah. Jack Shepard. Jack Shepard was, was awesome. Yeah, Jack, I was, loved his character. He was freaking great. Oh, my gosh, you guys. I just want to watch more Stargate. Um, anyway. <laughs> I, we can tell, Scott. Yeah. We can really. Yeah. And the, the, thing, it, I was gonna, the thing I was going to point out is that, uh, you know, talking about the Egyptian uh, hieroglyphics and, and, and uh, visual uh, it's funny that last week we have a movie that has nothing to do with Egypt, yet the Ankh is featured primarily yeah. through the whole thing. Now we've got a movie that takes place in the culture that inspired Egypt with a bunch of symbols all over the damn place and not a single Ankh to be seen. No Ankhs. No Ankhs. Right. Yeah, Ankh-free zone is what this Ankh-free. was. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Roland Emmerich is currently rolling into his next project, which is Independence Day Resurgence. Um, it's a new movie by and he's part three. He's writing yeah. it and directing it. It's a film, 2016. It was started. Uh, I don't know what the plan is. Let's I see. thought that are you, are you are you talking about the one that just came out? Or are you talking about a, 
third. Was I there? Was I thought there was a reboot happening. No, Am there I... wasn't. It already happened. It already came out. Oh, yeah. With, uh, Jeff Goldblum, but no Will Smith. Hold on a second. Data was back. Right. Data no, was back. Not all that. Hold this on. The third thing. Stargate. Let me let me look this up. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, here it is. Last thing he did. Here here it is. It doesn't have a date yet. It's just. Um, let's see. This is being developed as a trilogy. Oh, okay. So um, it is a new. It is a new. Uh, a new so film it's, series. It's beyond resurgence, though. Resurgence was the yeah. one from 2016. So there's right. a there's a re. What did you say it was? Uh, have I not seen Resurgence? I need you to probably see. haven't. Is that it would, with, it would not it, be hard? It's okay if you didn't see it. By the way, <laughs> was it a direct to DVD thing, or what was the deal there? No, no, no. It went to the theater. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, I'm thinking. I was yeah. thinking. You guys were saying there was a there was a um, Stargate resurgence. I didn't. I, Independence Day. I, I knew about. Sorry, I'm, I'm confused oh. about what's happening. Oh, I, I thought gotcha. you were saying it was a movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm being dumb. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, point is, he's supposedly working on directing another one. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. Ooh. Because a new Stargate, a new Stargate. Just to forget yes. about okay. Independence Day. Let's pretend it's dead because it is. We're done with it. It's gone. <laughs> Doesn't it's exist. Do, yes. Let's just talk about Stargate, the film that he is supposedly working on. Now, if that's true, I am both excited and nervous because I think that thing deserves a reboot somewhere. TV, movie, whatever. But I don't know how I feel about him just going right back to it because I don't think he's that great of a director. I mean, his recent stuff is that horrible well, we'll bring it up again. Independence Day Resurgence, but also White House Down was very bad. Right. Uh, 10,000 BC was really, really bad. Day After Tomorrow was good, but he's what I call a he's what I call a producer idea man. That's that's where he should stay. Well, he's just directing he's really all these though. It's all him and his brother Roland and Noah. Is it Noah's the other one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they just they make some like once in a while something I, decent will happen, and then like the Patriots decent. Day After Tomorrow's decent. Godzilla Independence Day. Well, some people like it. Well, Independence Day, I like the original. I I felt I, I I like it a lot. And the Godzilla from 1988. I I'm not you're, that you're hard on. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about the one with um yes uh, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick and yeah. Harry, not Harry Shearer. Who's the other guy from The Simpsons? Hank oh, Azaria. Hank Azaria. Yeah, Hank Azaria. Yeah. It's a bad movie. It's I, not good. It's, well, I didn't say it wasn't a bad movie. I said I. Enjoyed it. I feel like you're you're naming a bunch of films that are very much of a kind, mm-hmm. and that kind is of a time, and we're past that time. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they're in post production for Midway, which I assume is a war movie. Um, or maybe it's just where do you put the graham cracker and what's her name's belly button midway up her torso? <laughs> I don't actually know. Let's see. But it does like, feel like it's right the the post Pearl Harbor, uh, uh, the sequel to Pearl Harbor, basically. Oh yeah, that's totally what this is. This is a this is the Battle of Midway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and it may be good. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to count them down, but so far it's a lot of popcorn and not a lot of, you know, this yeah. serious. But movie that's making. always been his thing, you know. Yeah. The popcorn. Yeah, that's what I like about. Him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a really nice guy. Like by all accounts, everything I could read right. about him, everyone loves this guy. He's one of the few openly gay directors in Hollywood. There's probably a bunch non-openly gay but he's the only one that's openly gay and been proud of it and never afraid to say so and i always kind of admired that about him in the 90s because nobody else was doing that and he was willing to just you know say who he was and be cool with it and then go keep making his movies like i like him a lot i just think his movies are kind of i don't know just wait what did you think about what do you think about 2012 i hated it i did not like that movie at all uh I, I, I had i had fun well, of course I'm you not did. I'm saying it's a good it's movie. 
it is a park your brain at the door kind of film, and I do feel like we need to see it again because this, uh, like Stargate, the only the only time I've seen it is in the theaters. I've not watched it since like it's come to streaming or anything like that. That so is also great. true of me. That's the last time I saw it as well, and I hated it in the theaters. I thought it was really bad. And- we do have a long-standing promise that when we do 2012 for Film Sack, uh, Tom Merritt has to be here for it. Yeah, yeah. And we've been promising that since like '09, so we got to follow through. Well, I think it was since 2012. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would have to be, wouldn't it? <laughs> Did, uh... <laughs> Did, uh... We said in '09, we said, "Now listen, if they ever make a movie <laughs> called 2012." <laughs> Oh, Speaking man. of Tom Merritt, did did anybody else watching this movie keep thinking about uh, Dances with Wolves? Just me? Uh, no. Yeah. That's a weird. That's Raiders weird. of the Lost Ark came up. Uh, yeah, yeah. In my head, okay, but that, so yeah. Close Encounters, so, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, yes. Let me just let me just run down a Raiders. little bit of the of the parallels. So uh, John Dunbar is suicidal, right? Okay. John yeah. Dunbar. Yeah. He, yes. uh, he, For at least the first to, five minutes of the film, he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wants to die. Uh, just like Kurt Russell in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, how weird to encounter a guy who's clearly in a fugue state holding a gun and be like, oh, here's your orders. See you at the base. Yeah. Well, didn't he hide <laughs> the gun? What's wrong he, with you people? Thought he hid you the tell gun. him. I'm, I'm going to tell him. You tell him. Yeah. No, I'm not going to tell him. He, was, tell him. he hid but the, the gun. Same thing, they didn't know. They didn't know. The same gun. exact thing happens in freaking Dances with Wolves. Like, he, he tries to kill himself. He gets a promotion. Huh. So I forgot um, about that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. then he goes he goes to the frontier, right? Which in this case is the distant galaxy sand planet, Hoth, uh, not Hoth, uh, sand planet uh, uh, Tatooine. Tatooine. Yeah, Tatooine. And uh, uh, you know, so same thing as as in Dances with Wolves, we have a magical white men are here to save you redemption story. Literally, is given a woman like I. It's just like weird how the these parallels just keep going and going and like he's, he's the only one who can speak to them and they you know like everybody else the, is just like even oh, the one that becomes basically in dances with wolves kind of becomes his like his brother and this one kind of becomes like his son i'm starting to see it yeah. i think i know where you're. Yeah. i think you're what's not the, wrong what's the first thing he sees when when he gets there that no tatanka right there there's yep. the buffalo like yep. it's just it's just weird i kept thinking of dances with wolves i couldn't get it out of my head all oh, the poor horses i had to have all that shit on them dude oh my uh, gosh yep. yeah let's let's uh first we're gonna have you guys in the desert walking you around mean. carrying a bunch of stuff and now we're gonna like right. completely obstruct your face have fun <laughs> They but look, I, I about the horses. They like uh, it was odd. They just did they not have the budget for more horses or we you know because were those were they? <laughs> going to make you sound like Chewbacca. Yeah. Well, they right. only by had the way, they only used one. The way, it says in the trivia there were dogs as well that looked just like mini versions of them. I didn't see one of those. Right. Didn't see one. Right. So I don't know what no. they're talking about. They just, they just put them. They just put them closer up and pretend like it's further away. I it's guess. Just, I don't know. It's a, it's a visual trick. It's a it's visual off, trick. It's off in the distance. There's a <laughs> no. They, but they really did. They used that one uh, horse with the heads with the with the appliance on him, and then they just kept yeah. using him. There was never two of those in a row. I don't think yeah. Yeah. that I ever saw. By the way, that uh, that those uh, scenes were all shot out in Imperial County, California, mm. which uh, surely they did it in the winter. They must have gone out there in the winter. There's no way they would have shot this in the summer because like. That stretch of, of dunes and sand is like impossible to live in during the summer. But yeah, probably you know, like 125 it, degrees or this, something in the in the summer. This was the this was the biggest uh, uh, plot hole or or uh, plot point that bugged me about this movie. Out of everything that bugged me out of this movie, 
the fact that Daniel Jackson brought Fifth Avenue bars with him to a desert planet with chocolate <laughs> and keeps handing out chocolate. And I'm like, there's no way he's been carrying that around in his pocket. It's in not a just desert, ooh, as soon as you tear open yeah, the packet, like it just doesn't ooze crap. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that he'd was. Be pouring, he'd be pouring that thing out. Yeah, that was. They were way too. Uh, Hold your hand out. It made me either either I worried about their their poor choice of what product to have in your hot pocket, or I worried that hot Fifth pocket. Avenue bars get gross after a while and they shouldn't be that solid. Although, what's his name? Uh, Happy Joe Lucky over there was thrilled to be eating one. He was stoked. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you lived in the desert, I'd be eating some melted chocolate too. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the idea. Like, there's there's another cool idea in there. The 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 Daniel Jackson having to get around to understanding these people was because the spoken language was a dead language on Earth, and we hadn't heard it said or spoken, so we didn't know what it sounded like. So now he's hearing these words and these symbols that he's known for all this time, <clears throat> and it's suddenly. Oh, you'd say it completely different than we all think. It's like it's like how we paint and draw and animate a dinosaur. We don't really know, you know, like we don't know because it's a dead thing that that was. We don't have we have right. bones and that's it. So we don't know what the outer sides. We don't know about you know. We now have learned. Well, maybe there were feathers. Okay, well, maybe they were multicolored and had all kinds of wacky colors and stuff. So we're slowly getting there. But originally, they just looked like big lizards to us because that's the best we got. <laughs> and in his, his case, I love this concept of you know, ancient Egyptian and the language that they knew, which turns out to be this intergalactic language was all we had was symbols. So we just have made up however we thought it sounded. So when people started talking, we're like, what the hell are they saying? Like, it's great. I love that stuff. Yeah. You know? I, and I love the fact that he was able to finally, you know, once, once he was, they killed him so they could put him in the, you know, the, 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 the mummy microwave and they fixed him and made him come back out and then he could understand them. <laughs> So that was <laughs> the mummy microwave. <laughs> Put it on 15 minutes. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff in there that's pretty hokey. Like the way that their uh, helmet stuff would like collapse in on itself and the way he morphed, like Ra morphed out of his stupid headdress into a normal face. That stuff looked real bad. I don't know how normal it was, but sure. It looked pretty bad for even 94 standards. Like we had Jurassic Park the year before. Pressure was on. Right. You know, like if your movie didn't at least look as good as Jurassic Park in terms of its effects, you were in trouble right. in, in the early visually. It, yeah. the, the movie that I parallel visually to this film in some ways in certain scenes is the fifth element. Uh, oh, yeah, me too. I, me I, too. Yeah. yeah, I totally get that. vibe. It, yep. During that time frame. Yeah. yeah. And they have right, well, the, actually, yeah, the, yeah. the beginning part of the fifth element has that that uh, that that desert, the pyramids and stuff like that. Yeah, they do a good. That, that's a really good comparison there. So the same time frame, right? Like twenties or thirties, right. and except that mm-hmm. one had uh, the nine hundred two one zero kid in it. What was his name? Luke Perry. Uh, Luke I, Perry yeah. I wish there was a way to introduce uh, these these white savior characters coming in to look at the work that's being done by the workers. Other than the way we always introduce them, you know, they always come in in a hurry, and everybody has been poking poking the dirt with sticks and brushing stuff off and. They're so excited erecting to show the on. gate. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, are yeah. they erecting the gate? Stop! What are you That's doing? Dumbest. Like, imagine if you were any kind <laughs> of scientist discovering something <laughs> historic, and a bunch of slaves, I guess, indentured right. servants, I don't know, are like, "Let's stand it up!" Whoa! Right. Whoa! Right. Why? Exactly. Don't stand it this up. Is, 
Exactly. Like they'll, you know, they'll go work on the capstone with a little, uh, like the little brush and brush the yes. sand off. Oh yeah. That thing over there. Nah. Hoist it up with some ropes. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it belongs what? upright. Yeah. yeah. This looks like a plinth. Let's get it going. Let's yeah. Let's see if we can roll it down the hill. Did you guys, <laughs> did you, would you call that, uh, when you erect the gate, would you call that an erectile dysfunction on the part of the people who decided no, to put it up they there? Failed. Okay. You just, it's definitely a dysfunction. Yeah. No, no question. I do love By the just way, anything. If they, if, yeah. If they knew so much about the gate in the 20s, why did it take them 70 years to figure out how to work it? I would like to know that. Well, you know, yeah, that was that was also yeah. I didn't. Yeah, get, that, that's one of the biggest logic. The- that's one of the biggest biggest logic flaws in this film that that we need uh, Daniel Jackson to come in and figure out that the last symbol is the home symbol, uh, because I mean, there's maybe what 20 or 30 symbols on there. And they went, they went, this is as far as we've gotten to six right. shepherds. Where I'm like, well, how many more tries do you need? I mean, you got to, you just went like 20 more tries or something. You couldn't figure it out in two years. Yeah. Jeez. That seemed, that seemed, yeah, that seemed a little off. We right. don't want to like, try you, it too many times. Right. right. Yeah. That, that's what uh, they, they easily could have done when they got to the, uh, the other planet. And James Spader says, oh no, we've just lost the last symbol. Well, you know what? Let's just try each one until yeah, I mean, until something opens many. up. Although maybe you get sent somewhere really bad. Oh, you, you know what? They yeah. do actually you dial a wrong number. They t- <laughs> that's a that's a frequently touched upon thing on the show. So the SG one. Oh, really? oh yeah. They they'll hit. Sometimes it's an emergency. They're like, just dial anything. We have to get out of here because they'll be on some planet <laughs> where they're getting attacked, and they'll they'll flip it around and do a bunch of randos, and then they end up somewhere they have no idea where they are because they had to. Her, you know, like they they actually play with that a little bit, and it's pretty, which is yeah, fun. fun. And that's how, uh, and and that's how, um, isn't that what happened uh, to uh, O'Neill one time, where he, he got lost on a planet and he was there for like two or three years yeah. and had a family and everything yeah. else. It was very Star yeah. Trek uh, flute playing Picard episode kind of right deal exactly. going there. Yeah, it, there's some uh, oh, some good stuff on there. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Oh, there was one other thing I was going to say about the gate, but I, I've totally forgotten. No, it's because me. It's because of me. It's because of me. I did it. That's good. Uh, okay. How about this? Here's some trivia. Jane, I, I tried to hear this and I just couldn't hear it, but James Brown's scream. I feel good was used as a sound effect in the scene demonstrating the alien taking control of the young boy's body. So obviously modulated and changed and stretched out and slowed down. And who knows what, but <laughs> that, ah, I feel good. That, that <laughs> yeah. beginning, uh, scream. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really would have liked to have heard that. I tried to, I didn't even capture the moment because it just didn't sound like it to me. I, I should have done it so we could fiddle around here and see if we could hear it. But well, then that makes it one of those bits of trivia. That's undisprovable. Yeah. So you could just put you could put that bit of trivia in any like, movies un- IMDb page. Disprove, yeah. I'm trying to Undisprovable. There you go. <laughs> oh wait a minute, my brain's collapsing on itself. I need the seventh seal. All right, check this out. Uh, Alexis Cruz, who played Scara, she's the lady f- lady friend, and Eric Avari Kusef, uh, the dude in charge of the village people. Uh, I'm sorry, not the village, the giant the city, people. the giant city of like clay. That was the biggest city of pe- of clay I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, uh, they were the only actors to appear in both the movie in 1994 and the series in 1997. So they're the only two. Everybody else was a replacement and or whatever. Did she play the, you said Alex Cruz. So Sakara, who was the guy. And then you said, uh, no, Scar was the, Oh, I thought that was the lady. No, Scar was Alexis Cruz. No, 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 no. Well, no, I know Scar is Alexis Cruz. I'm saying, who's the what character was oh, that? Oh, is uh, Mila Avatar? 
Chapman. Oh, that the lady? Sharui? Yeah, Sharu. Okay. So this is we're talking about the kid that wore his shirt way too high. The yeah, they all wore their shirts too. That that was fashionable. <laughs> it was really desert. fashionable. <laughs> really ugly. By the way, my by the way, my uh, my uh, viewing buddy and this uh, Audra, she was watching this movie with me. Mm. And did anyone else have any confusion of uh, if it was actually time travel? Because she kept thinking that the gate was going back in time to Earth. So it was, yeah, basically you were just going to Egypt, ancient right. Egypt. Nope. Right. They never. Right. They never. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. So the way it worked was when they had the uprising and during ancient e- Egypt's time, mm-hmm. when they were being occupied by Ra and his forces, there was a there was a people up upheaval, and they forced them right, back right. through the gate and then buried the gate so that nobody could so they yeah, couldn't I, get through. I got again. that, but but Audra was like, I, w- I was just wondering if the you know if I the story I also had that awesome. question. Right, uh, mm-hmm. I had that question quite a bit because. The technology around identifying where you were going was such obvious bullshit. <laughs> like it, that, I that I was just like, okay, there. I feel like I'm being told a lie, and I have to figure out what the truth actually is. You mm. know, like, there, oh, it's another galaxy. Look, we have a a chart of galaxies. That's freaking weird. Like I don't understand <laughs> why you have that right there. Right. You know, and and so on and so on. And then they're like, they go through it, and I'm like, oh, they just went back in time to to the. Egyptian desert. I'm I'm confused about, uh, you know, a, a a a lot less about that idea than the other. Yeah, the idea is that the the imagery and the clothes and the whole motif of ancient Egypt is just what the aliens look like when they're doing their shit, mm-hmm. and so they that and they've never changed. Like here we are, thousands of years later, and they're still just who they are out in space. They just haven't, you know, been able to go back to Earth and do anything about it. You know what? I think I was mad by the point where they're where they're saying, "Oh, look, it's this other galaxy." I was mad because they had brought in the only guy who could solve everything for for them and not shown him what's going on in the facility until we get everybody together and we're like, "Surprise, you're the only one in the room who's never looked through this window." And I was just like, "No." <laughs> No, you're bad people, and yeah. I would have left if I was him. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, the way I yeah. think the idea we was... Just, we just happen to have it right here. <laughs> the idea is he's like, oh, I'm super suicidal. I'll do this because what else is life for now? Like, I, I, I think that's flimsy. Like, I, I agree with you. I'll, that entire premise of, like, here's everything. Okay, let's go through. Like, come on. Like, there's <laughs> you'd be months, years training, getting ready. There was no rush to do this. Like, yeah, if you can send Johnny Five through it once and he comes back fine, or you get information back fine, you would do it again and again and again. You would just keep getting more and more information. Okay, now let this time let's put a video camera on the robot with VHS. You yeah, know, yeah, it's very it's very weird. But uh, so uh, just to answer everybody's question on time travel, they never actually touched on it in the film, and the show didn't touch on it until an episode called Mobius, which was see two part for season two part finisher for season eight and that's the first time sg1 or any any stargate stuff said hey let's let's talk about the idea of of uh time travel and they did it with some uh, let's see there was the day the daedalus which is this earth-built battle cruiser capable of reaching the pegasus galaxy so this is kind of a crossover with uh atlantis because because the the uh, the daedalus is a ship that's flown by um mitch Pileggi from from uh oh, yeah. x-files x-files yeah. yeah he's great in it um so there's this whole it's a big crossover mess with those guys but anyway 
They don't really even touch it. It takes them eight seasons. So there's here's a sci-fi show that doesn't get tempted by the time travel very often, mm-hmm. which I kind of like, you know? Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this might become Ebbett's favorite science fiction show of all time because it doesn't have bad time I'd like, uh, Yeah. You, you guys keep selling me on this. I want to I wanna binge it right now. I, kinda, I Honestly, I watching I this film, I never thought we were just going to sit here and get hyped about the tv show by scott i don't know why i knew i would because well because i'm here hyping it but <laughs> because it just reminded me of how much i love it and it's been it's been enough time where you know it's kind of like when you've watched a ton of star trek and then you kind of not watch it for a while and then you come back you're like oh yeah oh, star trek is so good to have you back in my life that's how i'm fe- i'm feeling very stargate right now that's why i'm really surprised you haven't watched any of um the orville because it is it is the next generation just with a new coat of paint. I don't know why yeah, I'm not exactly doing that. It is. I don't know why I'm not oh, doing it. I'll do and it. The last three episodes have just been off the chain. It's it's hard yeah. to believe yeah. how yeah. far they've gone. In this two like the last three starting this last uh, this last week. I'm really like this is the first time in a, with a two parter for something uh, in a long time that I've been like, oh my god, when is the next part of this coming out? Yeah. The last, the, the, seriously, like at the end of each of the last three episodes, I've been like, I smell Emmy. Like, I seriously, this is this this is no longer just a, a bunch of jokes and references, but it's become its own thing that's beyond what you know what it should be. Like, it, it just the last three episodes. I I don't want to I don't want to get my expectations any higher. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's too good. Like, it's the best thing on television. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I'm in. Yeah, I need to get on it. Everyone says what you're saying. Everyone's saying to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know what my problem is. I, I know I'm what it is. That you don't hear it from an, too many people to get your expectations too high. Yeah. Oh no, I think I'm gonna like it. I just need to do it. <laughs> I don't know why I don't. This is up my alley. I think I just have this binge mentality now, where I'm just like, well, it'll always well, be here. And don't worry, time. you can binge the whole first season and, and yeah, uh, yeah, in like six hours. Yeah, it's pretty short. Uh, so if we do end up seeing, we're, we've been, we were talking before the show, and we'll talk about it again at the end. But if we end up seeing the pilot of the TV show SG One, uh, that'll be interesting because that thing's got is. I know there are different cuts of it, but it's full of nudity because of the original Showtime airing. Um, Showtime, basically, according to the producers, required the nudity. And <laughs> that sounds right. about right for pay cable in the nineties. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's even true today sometimes. But yeah. but uh, Showtime got their way, even though the producers didn't want to do it. But then things got sold off, and I remember this being mostly yeah, in syndication like or something. I don't remember. Right. Yeah. They it only made a season on Showtime before it went. <clears> but eventually, this thing passed a bunch of hands. It was like in regular like TNG-style syndication for a long time, which is how TNG happened. didn't really have a home base. And then uh, was bought by the Sci-Fi Channel and finished its run there. Um, and then subsequent shows were Sci-Fi-exclusive sp- uh, you know versions of the show which back when they made a lot more sci-fi than they do now uh i can't remember exactly but it is a little bit weird if you've never seen that that cut version of it or that uncut version of it you feel like you're in a different world you'd be like oh i'm gonna watch sg1 again i remember this being suitable for all ages here nick sit down you're five we can watch this together ah full frontal lady parts (laughs) it's really weird yeah it's very weird anyway uh I uh, was also going to say, I forgot now. Oh, computers would have solved everything. I just wanted to put those out there. Yeah, Phones, computers, Daniel Jackson. We're doing the presentation yeah. to the war room. Like, dude, you but get the, giant scrolls of paper. This sucks. But the, the computers that they did show, 
felt like they were archaic even for the 90s. Yeah. Like right. they the when they had the soldiers going through the Stargate and they had a, a a screen they were looking at that just had each soldier like a little um yeah. uh, pictogram of each soldier yeah. just, like fading out. Yeah. <laughs> it's it like a cool like, video it like game. Computers from yeah, like computers from uh from freaking Alien. Mhm. I mean, yes, that's how right. they look. Yeah, they yeah. were. And by the way, our 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 chick in the bucket this week. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna get, do this upright because this is important. It's a lot of people, but in particular, it's Vivica Lindfors, who's awesome in this. She died a year later. Incredible actress with a long career, and she's very good in this. I think she's the old lady that recruits him, that recruits Daniel Jackson at the beginning. Yeah, and she's a trope too. She is, but she's great, man. She's so good. I I was able to look past her tropiness because she's yeah, just. I wanna- I want to talk about that trope. It's called the mysterious benefactor. Yeah. Well, and we knew the, she was the, the little girl, right, from the '40s shots. So yeah, we 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 tie that in through the pendant that she has. The, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The but rock. for him, it's like some yeah. some <laughs> right. stranger, some stranger in the rain is like, uh, "There's a car here for you. Somebody in here wants to talk to you." You're like, okay, I'll just get in that car. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, he had just got laughed out of a out of right. a conference or out of right, a yeah. lecture, so it's like, yeah, which what was, else? What have I got to lose? Yeah. No one, that itself is so ridiculous. No one that there were a hundred people that came to see this thing and all right. jeered at him. Like, no, yeah. Like, there was the, there, there's nothing more James Spader than that that look of when he was looked in, was looking in the limo with trepidation before he would get in there whether or not he was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I'd love Nobody him. Could do that. Gosh dang yeah. it, I love him. How come the how come the heavy rain doesn't trigger his stupid allergies? By the well, way, you're, but you're right, Scott. For the rest of the film, she's just riding around in a limo, picking up random scientists, yeah. giving yeah. them a job. Wait, wait, just her in case we need a replacement. Yeah. yeah, she's like the Professor X. She's like the it's that trope. It's the the wise person who's been seen a lot, has a crap ton of money, and is yeah. uh, cherry picking they, people for they their get project. In, they get in her limo, and she's like. I've been waiting to meet you, Doctor. Hold on, check my notes, Doctor Jacobs. I've been waiting to meet you. But I'm going to give it to her and Richard Kind. So Richard Kind, one of my oh, favorite yeah. comedic sort of character actor dudes, uh, the the very man who accidentally spit on me on stage in Chicago in 1988. <laughs> I'm so glad you bring that up anytime yeah. there's any mention of Richard Kind. He was he was at Second City doing an improv and and I got spit on by accident. It was just frothing and he spit on me on the front row. But anyway. Richard Kind's great, and uh, some people are hearing us go, they're saying, who the hell's that? Well, you've, I know, I guarantee you've seen him. Uh, he walked dogs for, um, uh, what's the comedy? The Mad About You. Mad About You. Uh, that's uh, one well, way. He, no, no, Hank Azaria was the dog walker. He was the oh, right. friend of... Uh, yeah, it was of, his uh, friend, Paul Reiser's friend or something. Paul Reiser's friend? Something like that. Because his brother was the Leisure Suit Larry guy. Right. He's also in uh, uh, Sin, not Sin City. What was the Michael J. Fox show? Something City, Big City, Spin, 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 Spin City, Spin City. Spin City. And he's in a ton of movies. If you've seen Bugs Life, he's uh, the second in command brother of the Kevin Spacey uh, grasshopper. Uh, that's just goofy and always being an idiot. Well, that's him. Anyway, Richard Kind, amazing guy. Oh, and he's also in Toy Story or something else, some other Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> he's uh, he's in this. And he's only there to be embarrassed because he got all his shit wrong. <laughs> right. And then him and old lady uh, Linfors just get left. And that's the end of them. Like the movie just leaves. Yeah, right. I think this may be part of my problem because they established all of those characters and those people at the home base so well and then just left it. 
We're just like, yeah, we're right. done. We're in the Stargate. because oh, they're using the old. You guys are using the the Flemberg uh, method of hieroglyphics. What's what's the matter with you guys? Yeah, I thought that was debunked like years ago. Oh the, no, we're using the the, 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 the <laughs> I think the Flemberg method is good. <laughs> I like that a lot. But anyway, that that kind of bummed me out. But I'm going to give that whole crew, everybody from the the general down to her, they get they get chicken the bucket status this week. I think. Mm-hmm. which is a real bummer well, we um, found out what happened to him later on in the tv series so i guess we- no that's true and we have them uh who's the i never remember his name he, something johnson he was great as the general Johnson him, had a heart attack and died and way too young but he was awesome um you talking but, about uh cliff clavin's brother um yeah no, like. uh, it's the guy who was uh don was he don, brother don no no he looked like him in the, in the movie don yeah, something no, it's the guy who was the dark man villain wasn't it am i thinking of the right guy no not him that's the guy from la law um oh right who right, played right. the handicapped guy different guy yes so right. hold on don something i'm gonna look it up here we go stargate don davis don davis. don davis he's okay. the he's the dude in charge for the most of stargate and then uh bo bridges takes over after he he passed but uh and not the same character is a different guy in that but um anyway yeah, he died in 2008. That guy pfft, amazing. And 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 it's and the show is so much more about about the home base and the politics of that and the government getting involved and the doctor from Voyager has a has a role on there that's continuing and you get weird people oh uh, uh, freaking Q is on there a bunch of times but not as Q oh, yeah. but there are a lot I'm of Star Trek it, crossovers. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was Brian here but I was going to you got <laughs> right? You got this Good big thing. Yeah. yeah, and keep in mind, just like you know, Star Trek or DS Nine that you just pinned mm-hmm. binge through recently. First, you got to get through sucks. it. It doesn't suck. <laughs> it doesn't suck, but it's not going to be indicative of where they get. You know, like, gotcha. Right. Okay, so just know that. All right, it's a race. Out. It's a race. Who's going to get through the first season uh, first? You with the Orville or me with Stargate? Stargate SG. Well, now it's a challenge. Now we got Orville. So easy. Come on. I'll, I'll get right to the Orville. Okay. Don't you worry. Uh, also, we're both I, like what thirteen episodes, right? Yeah, I hope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, Randy, maybe you have a name for this trope. I don't know, but the one where uh, visitors come to a new planet, island, place, whatever it is, somewhere foreign to them, and the first thing they do is drink the shit somebody brings them. No. <laughs> oh, it's so common though. I don't like it. Well, I would Maybe it'll do taste it. like chicken. <laughs> it always tastes like chicken. <laughs> that was very like, Indiana Jones. First, drink this water out of this, uh, whatever it is. Uh, it's <laughs> it's the, the back of one of these creatures that have been sitting out in the sun. Yeah. I can't believe they drank it. Like when they, they just die. They pooped in there. They may- <laughs> yeah. At least the Fifth Avenue bar was wrapped in, you know, had right. a wrapper. But- <laughs> I never, I would never trust that. I don't care who you are, Store what you're balls. doing. I wouldn't do it. I'll be like, where's, where's the Starbucks? Is there a McDonald's around here? Like, get me away from this. <laughs> Uh, and that's like, why you'll end up. That's why you'll end up on the end of a pike. Yeah, tastes like chicken yeah. is a trope. Oh, that, yeah. That's well, the yeah. that's the more important one. Like for some reason, this is how we humans just uh, you know agree with anything that tastes okay. We we have to say yep. that it tastes like chicken. Yep. Walk. Yep. That's true. I don't know what our thing is? But he handled it really well. He goes, oh, this tastes like chicken. Tastes like. Hey you guys, tastes like chicken. Like he did it in that James Spader kind of like bumbly yeah. way, and it yeah. and it made the trope a little fresher to me because it was him playing off the trope in a way that was a little bit new. It wasn't just this tastes like chicken. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It was like a, he was laughing explain, at himself. But then to explain to the quote unquote alien race that oh no, it tastes like chicken. Bok, bok, bok. Uh, they don't know what that is. That's either. what was funny. 
Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, wow. the the later scene where uh one of them is looking for someone else and Kurt starts Russell, acting Kurt Russell's, Kurt Russell's looking looking, yeah. looking for James Spader and right. he's like trying to act out who he's looking for it, and they just keep repeating what he Simon doing. says. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It, that was actually it's, <laughs> it's funny, but it's just like have we learned nothing up to this point and we're just gonna Okay, all right. We're just gonna stand here and make funny faces. Okay. Well, what bums me out you a little guys bit? Know dweeb. What, bu- <laughs> what bugs me out is, uh, oh, you did say dweeb in there, didn't he? You we did don't get dweeb, dweeb a lot yeah. in movies that are made after the '80s. That's pretty good. But uh, he he was uh, kind of a non. I mean, I like him. Like Kurt Russell is great. In some movies, he's really great. Like go watch uh, that movie about the hockey thing, the miracle movie. He's fantastic as the american coach in that and that thing like oscar worthy stuff in lots and lots of movies there was a period though in the early 90s where it's just this and he just stands there and doesn't do anything and he just looks angry and there's nothing to it yeah i don't like it well you know this is and i'll tell you i i love kurt russell but this kurt russell was uh look you need to eat a sandwich because he was he was super thin Mm-hmm. And I like Kurt Russell. He's an attractive man, but his head's too big for a little bitty small frame. He doesn't need to do that. He needs to always have some meat on him yeah. to look proper. I know because sure. I also do that big head. But he's got a he's he's so dynamic even in like the uh Guardians 2 movie. Like he's just a yeah, great actor with lots of range and he needs to smile more and this thing was just not they don't showcase him at all. It's just like mm-hmm. And yeah, and also I would that hair. also think of this Richard Dean Anderson America's MacGyver took that role on the TV show and made it dynamic and funny like like laugh out loud funny it's so different than this right. this is just stoic and boring and not great well um, and he's now he's now become a an actor that you trot out they trotted him out in the last couple of Fast and the Furious movies. I feel like his performance in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was a, a trot out. Oh, there and there's the Kurt Russell appearance. Uh-huh. Uh, I He has a bit more meat on his on the role in Hateful Eight, but not much. He's kind of just there to, to be Kurt Russell playing a character for a little bit. Yeah. And, you all, yeah, and, and you it was all... the most exciting part of the movie for me. I, when I remember I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah, you, you, you definitely. In that role. Yeah, everybody's got tombstone memories. They want to see him in westerns. Like, yeah. they can't help it. They can't help it. Like, uh, I, I, I watched that Bone Tomahawk movie because he's in it. And that is a weird-ass, funky... Is it a full movie. role? Like, yeah. the, where he's in the whole movie? Oh, yeah. It's a full role, but that is a weird-ass movie. I don't know if I recommend it. It's like... It's it's a horror movie, really. And it's so gory and over-the-top. I don't even know how to explain it. it, it Bone Tomahawk is funky. Like, Mandy level over the top. Yes, or, uh... yes, perfect comparison. Imagine Mandy said in the old west. Done. Okay. All right. There's your movie. Yeah. It's. Did you finally watch Mandy? You watched it. Didn't you? No. No. Oh. Not yet. <laughs> I just know it's pretty over the top. You need to watch Mandy so we can talk about it. I. Yeah. I want to talk to someone about Mandy just to just to just for therapy because that movie. All right. What the hell? Wow. All what right. The hell is just going to, on just there? Just to parse your way through it. Yeah. <laughs> What a weird thing that was. Um, anyway, I was going to make a mention of this before I forget. My favorite teleportation uh, in any science fiction is actually from this movie, and the TV show used it as well. I love those rings that come down yeah. and go. Vroom, oh, vroom, the vroom, rings, vroom. yes. The the teleportation through the Stargate, though, of the like. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Like that going sucks. through the stars. <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. Nobody likes that. But no, but the, 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 the rings, rings are cool. Yeah. yeah. The rings unfortunately, are awesome. Unfortunately, it was a. It, they used it as the 
is is the method by which to the dismemberment. End, uh, yeah, to end the movie. That I was like, really, all this fighting and that. Plus, he's already dead. Around. He was already dead too, which is dumb. No, like, he was just squished. Like I don't think he was oh. dead because the rings came down on him. Oh, was he just I think pinned? He, died. Oh. he was just pinned, okay. and then the uh, then the the rings, which I guess work like a microwave, and it's it's not just things contained from the bottom ring to the top ring. It's anything right. above and below the rings. <laughs> yeah, they don't really it's, explain it very well, but there's something visual about these big things that come down almost like electric, like like there's a electric barrier between each ring and. They just yeah. come out and go, vun, 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 vun. and they use it all through the show as well, and it's great. I love those rings. Yeah, yeah. they're stupid and over the top. Maybe it's, that's what I like about them. And they invoke the the trope called uh, "everything's better with spinning." Apparently, <laughs> like that's just how we are amazed. You know, like remember in Contact when the the way to go through the portal is to oh, spin yeah. a bunch of stuff really fast. Yeah, and yeah. We right. just like we can't help ourselves. We're like, oh, this is you, this is uh, high tech because it spins. Because it do, spins. Do you, do you remember when uh, Nog and and Zod and what's her name were were being judged? Oh, yeah. They had spinny things around them in the court. Yep. Yeah. And then when they got put into the piece of glass that flew through space, that was spinning. Randy's on to something. Everything spins. Wow. Everything's better everything's when it's spinning. Better with spinning. That's the name of the trope. Yep. That's pretty good. Is that a real trope? Like a real yeah. documented? Oh my gosh! Oh, is it yeah. really? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, there's a bunch of examples. Uh, like, and sometimes it's not it's not necessarily about how to make a gate look like technology, but it's just like you know, in Star Wars movies, uh, you know, you just like you know, we've gotten to the point where we just don't know what to do with lightsabers anymore. I know, let's put them on a wheel and spin them around really fast. You know, like that's just yeah. where this trope ends up. Yep, I think you're right. I love that. That's a, that's a great, uh, and even just like the Stargate itself, like the fact that it has to rotate and lock in, there's something mm-hmm. tactile about that. This is like ASMR for, for science fiction nerds, you know? Like, I do have to figure out how that works. Cause if the whole ring turns around and then you see it clamp, clamp onto a symbol, mm-hmm. how does the ring turn, keep turning around then? Well, the, oh, there's the sh- rings inside the rings. Yeah. Rings within rings. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. They show they that this to be able to figure they, out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> they show it better in uh, in the shows, I think, than they do in the movie. The movie was real brief with that stuff, but the okay. movie the movie did capture that very cool kind of uh, dancing light, dark, dark uh, warehousey dancing light quality to when the when the ring is lit and everybody can get through it. It's just mm-hmm. a it's a very cool. I mean, it's just a, it's just a door at the end of the day, but you, they they, you they say make the a good movie. Door. You say the movie was brief, but I want to be more specific. The movie is hand wavy. The movie doesn't want to explain it to you because it's kind of hard and weird to explain. So yeah. it's just like, eh, just look over here at the reaction faces while we do this thing. You know, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't worry too much about the details. Not so much. Not so important for <laughs> to see, really understand how it works. I can't believe just, I'm going to start Stargate again. I'm starting it again. I'm going to watch it all before I watch the Orville. That's what's going to happen. What? I want to well, see it. I'm so lose. into You're going to lose. Well, what, what's on the t- We need to put something on the line. What do I lose if I if I lose? What do I what's the Oh, jeez. You're you're I I'm telling you right now, as of the last month, you're missing out the best must-see TV that's current. Like that's what you're missing out. Wow. All right. That's high praise. I'll have to All right, I'll check it out then. I'm sure you're not overselling it. 
all right. Uh, should well, we? There is a there yeah. is a downloadable uh, working Stargate with Arduino control on Thingiverse that I can download and 3D print. I don't know what it means by working Stargate. Well, like probably it, it rotates. It, you're gonna go to a different galaxy, Brian. Yeah, but only my hand is gonna fit through there. So it's just gonna be like that first couple minutes with James Spader tickling the tickling the Stargate hole. Yeah, but if it's a if it's a if it's by if it's scale. Then that means a, on the other end, a giant hand from Ibit will come through. <laughs> send through, send through an old iPhone, but have where's my iPhone loaded up on your current iPhone and see what happens. Yeah, perfect. I love it. Put okay, your done. put your wiener yeah. through there. That's what I'm saying. You should do. Put yeah. your wiener. Ween, ween. Yeah, your wean wean. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get to some uh, clips here for the uh, fine film Stargate, which. Uh, is a movie let's see we got uh here we go i'm sorry you just you can't just go from glory hole stargate to this this so fast man it's just it was too fast yeah it was a little too fast although i also wasn't thinking full glory hole but now that you've said it that is exactly what we were doing all right here's that music you know you all know so well uh it's just to me it's the tv show that's all i hear Mm -hmm. YouTube strike. Good. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, here's a terrible actor sneeze. These are some of my favorite things in movies when someone oh. has to sneeze and it's a bad sneeze. I uh, hate to tell you this, uh, James Spader, not good at sneezing. Here you go. <laughs> That's not a sneeze. Nobody goes. No, a... <laughs> That's when you spit something out. That's not a sneeze. That's a spit take. Not a sneeze at all. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, say the name of your movie. Stargate. All right. Thank you. And pretty pretty early on, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Said it right up front. Stargate. Stargate. Okay. Stargate. <laughs> All right. Sound like the general from the TV show, and I'm not kidding. The general in this one has the voice of Don Davis from the TV show. Check it out. So you think you've solved in 14 days what they couldn't solve in two years? That's very weird to me. He sounds just like Don Davis. It's not the same actor, but really weird. That's only going to matter to people who have seen both. So Ibit, F off. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, here's Richard Kind saying a thing. There's only six symbols in the cartouche. <laughs> Great. Cartouche. I can't take him seriously in, a, in like a drama. I can't do it. He likes to say things and then cartouche. There's only six symbols in the cartouche. He's just funny. Cartouche. Just standing there. He's funny. Uh, f- here's what you got to do to your entrance. Freeze and enhance. Okay. Freeze and enhance your entrance. Oh, man. You got to put a trope alert on that. Yeah, that one needs it. Freeze and enhance. There you go. Did you see how much they enhanced too? Like oh, yeah. An, an inordinate amount of enhancement happened. <laughs> Pretty good 90, 1994 freeze and enhance technology going on there. Here's another sneeze, also very fake. Anybody has anything to say, now's the time to say it. <laughs> just not. Jeez. Just don't buy it. It's not great. No. Uh, French Stewart <clears throat> makes himself known. It doesn't work that way. You see, if you don't turn it on from here, we're screwed. Okay? So I'm telling you guys, we're not going anywhere. I'm in the third rock from the sun. It's almost like he's trying to channel the uh, the Festruck brothers from Silent Live. You know, the wild and crazy guys. <laughs> oh, no, if you don't turn it on from here, it's not, <laughs> not going to work. Is that what those guys are called? What'd you call them? The Festrunk, Festrunk brothers. I never knew their names. That's crazy. You're, yeah. you're, you're smart. Make it go. Make our ship go. <laughs> well, I'm in, I'm in trivia mind mode for the next week. Oh yeah, you got to think of all that. A week stuff. from today, I won't even be able to remember my own name. That'll be great. It'll be good podcasting that week. It'll be great. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Here's uh, what's this? I don't know what this is. Me, but 
Money way. Money way. Which is money way. That's uh, that's Egyptian for Fifth Avenue Bar. You brought me a Fifth Avenue Bar. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that idea that he's already anybody, familiar with it. He's any just of us ever had a Fifth Avenue Bar? By the oh, way, yes. I don't think I've ever yes. had a Fifth Avenue. I've bar. had one. Yeah. I've had one yeah, like before. Them. And they're I like not the mini ones. They're pretty good. Was it caramel nougat? Crunchy? Yeah. What? What's no, in it's there? Kind of crunchy, they're not right? It's kind of like a Butterfinger, right? Eh. Kind of Butterfingerish. They're kind of like that, but they're less. Butter, more yeah, finger. More like, I don't think either of you have ever had one. I've had one, no, but I don't know how to compare them to. Plenty. I've had them. <laughs> yeah. They're not great. I don't remember them very well. They're not memorable. Yep. Oh, here we yep. go. It's, uh, I just looked it up. Butter. It's Hershey's answer to Butterfinger. Okay. That's yeah. it. Peanut Hershey's butter crunch layer is enrobed in chocolate. Okay. Enrobed? No we've never had That's it. That's what it says. Butterfinger enrobed. is perfect. Enrobed isn't a word, is it? Sure. Enrobed in chocolate. I'm in. I'm sitting in a robe right now. I'm enrobed in a robe. That's great. All right. Don't disrobe your chocolate. No. I don't even know what that means, but a no, don't do it ever. I like disrobing my chocolate. I like putting my Butterfingers or Fifth Avenue bars in the freezer and fill the chocolate hard. Wait, did you just say you nibble off? Did you just say you like to put your Butterfingers in your chocolate? Is that what you just said out loud? That's right. Butterfinger is in my freezer. I'm going to go with Butterfinger and chocolate too. That sounds good. While we're here, double dip. What is what is the worst version of a candy that's clearly just a ripoff of the perfectly good candy made by the other manufacturer? Um, oh, um, Mars bars and Milky Way. No, oh, that's, that's the same company, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, but I think Milky so. Milky Way is definitely not as good as Mars bar. See, oh, I like all candy. I, I really candy. like Milky Way. I mean, UK Smarties are nowhere near as good oh, as M and M. Whoops, sorry. But, that was supposed but like, to play. Sorry. But uh, like, does does anybody hate like uh, what's the? Oh gosh, what's the Hershey version of the Heath bar? Um, oh yeah, not the crunch. Oh, um, right, right. That's right. Heath is Nestle, and Hershey mm-hmm. has one called called the Hershey. Ah, oh, frick! I know what you mean, and it's not as good as the as the as the other one. The only example I can totally come up with, is, and it's not really candy score. bars, but it's candy. Oh, score, score. yes, S K O R. Twizzlers and Red Vines. Oh yeah, but aren't See, they, I like but, I like oh. both of those two for different reasons. Yeah, they're Mine not. I don't think they're be... supposed to be copies of each other, right? They're right. Just sure, different. it's no. red licorice. Yeah, and everybody has an opinion. Like yeah. people are Twizzlers really strongly. It tastes yeah. great. Red vines are uh, pl- uh, just borderline plastic. I agree, right. but I think they're, again, I don't think they're aiming for, there's nothing that's trying to copy anything here. They're just different kinds of licorice. There, there's two red licorices that have different names, but yeah. Now, yeah. the one that always, the one that always gets me whenever I find them in a pile of candy is I always think now or laters are Starburst. I really like Starburst. Not a fan of now or laters, now and laters. Are now and laters chewy? Are they chewy? No, no, they're kind of harder. They're oh, like okay, yeah. The the starbursts are chewy. Yeah, from, I think they make a chewy now and later too. But this is a hard one, harder than I thought it would mm-hmm. be to come up because I know that these exist in perpetuity across all these candy companies. I just can't think of any. Like, does anyone make an equivalent to the the big hunk? Or is that, Ooh, is that oh, a, that's just straight yeah, nougat, that? isn't it? It's straight teeth removal tool, is what it is. Right. Yeah, that thing will pull right. your face apart. Oh my gosh, I lost a tooth to it. A big hunk. <laughs> big hunk. <laughs> Sounds weird out of context. Sort big of. hunk. Uh, here yeah. are here are some video game cocks <laughs> in this movie. All right. That's my new oh, YouTube channel, we- the Video Game Cocks. Yeah. Come join us. 
Uh, it's uh, the sound is straight out of video games, and I and they used it way too much. And also, cock your gun before you're getting stalked by a bunch of uh, go old uh, freaking uh, henchmen. So here it is. That is so. Uh, it's cheap. It didn't even. Sound it sounds like, like the, the thing that's in our in our theme in our uh, film sack theme. Oh, the play that again. Uh, hold on. <laughs> it's because they always. Uh, I mean, all guns when you eject a freaking round, like uh, yeah, I hate, I hate that it. sound so much. I hate it too. It's just over. It's just a video gamey sound, and it's mm-hmm. like Reloading. I terrorist win. I expect to hear at the end of that from an old. <laughs> I would like game. to know if there's a film or maybe even a TV show out there that is dedicated to using realistic sounds which is to say very few sounds around gun handling mm. that would be really interesting mm. yeah well i mean in the old movies we always talk about it on the show but in older films the shots themselves are also just reused stock stuff just same exact boom 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 with every shot and i hate that i like good dynamic sound work movie industry remember that all right here's some chicken sounds wah 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 Although, blah, blah, blah is not what he said. Blah, <laughs> blah, did, did the Bluths just come in here? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, watched Chaka. I watched it. I watched that episode recently. Oh, where they the all Bluth family. Oh, yeah. Chaka. That's awesome. They all do the chicken, they all do their chicken impressions. We should do that. We should watch that, right, Land of the exactly. Lost, that Land of the Lost TV show should be like one of our little quickie episodes. We should do one of those sometime. Agreed. All this Chaka talk has got me thinking. Uh, here's uh regards oh this is a uh you know we're we we do live in the era of not as we're we're all out of good catch lines or or, or uh catchphrases catchphrases we're all out of them but kurt russell still had one in 94 that i think holds up so here it is give my regards to king todd asshole yeah dude <laughs> wow yeah that'll put your butterfingers in your chocolate if you know what i'm saying <laughs> All right. Uh, Park that Fifth <laughs> Avenue at the door, baby. That's right. <laughs> Check this out. Uh, this is a film tech checklist. Uh, takes a lot of people to keep a giant monkey horse alive. Check. Uh, French Stewart's character should have gone halfway through the movie. Check. I freaking hated him. Uh, have a hole in your gut. Just spend an hour in the healing sarcophagus. Check. Uh, Trek Connections, we got a few here. More than you'd think. Scott Allen Smith was an officer in this, and Voyager, he played Doyle in the episode Repression. Leon Rippey was General W.O. West. Uh, he was the guy that sounds like uh, Don, uh, other guy. Uh, he played Lieutenant Colonel Sonny Clemens in the episode The Neutral Zone in 1988. And Frank Welker was the voice of Mustage. I don't know what that is. Who's Mustage? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, yeah, provided listed in there and didn't know which which character that was. But uh, he provided Spock's screams in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock and voiced oh. uh, the Saito. Mustad, you're talking about the voice of. So you're talking about. I don't know. Uh, Mustad, is that the uh... the voice of Ra? I don't think so. No, 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 no. What the voice of what? Wait, I, I was thinking that was the name of the animal. Is that the name of the animal? Oh, maybe. I don't know. That <laughs> uh, was clearly Chewbacca. <laughs> It was clearly Chewbacca, right? <laughs> yeah, that was Chewbacca, duh. Uh, let's see. Search for Spock and also the cytoplasmic life form in the Star Trek Voyager episode, Nothing Human. And then finally, Eric Avari, who we admire and like and see him in everything. He, of course, is in all kinds of Star Trek. He played 
the King Bijik in the episode Unification Part 1 on TNG. On DS9, he played Vadik Yarka in the episode Destiny. And on Enterprise, played Jenin in the episode Terra Nova. He is also, as Daryl puts it here, in every TV show ever made. All right. <laughs> uh, gets around. That guy's got a huge credits list in IMDb. Kicks, kicks butt over there. Uh, soundtrack great. I give it a PA for pretty awesome. I think the, I think that guy killed it. It was real good. Across the board, just a solid, great thing. And this made a lot of money, by the way, at the time. It was a big hit in 94. This movie was a surprise hit, I guess, according to everything I read. Let's get to the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Let's start with Randy Jordan. Stargate. You go there, and you feel trapped there. But then they give you a girl there. But you don't want the sex she's offering there. But then you do. Just like a Saturday night at Epitaph. <laughs> there. Nice. Didn't see that coming. That was very good. Mm-hmm. I should see that coming. Every week. I was ready for it. I was totally ready I for it. I was not ready for it. All right. Uh, Brian Dunaway. Stargate. Like an offer a soon-to-be homeless architect cannot refuse. I mean, what else are you going to watch on a Sunday morning? And hey, I it's oh. give my regards <laughs> to King Tut, asshole. <laughs> uh, very well done. Uh, finally, Brian Ibbett. Stargate, brilliant sci-fi with compelling characters and an incredible universe. Oh, wait, I wrote this two weeks from now after I watched Stargate SG-1. Nice. Oh. Nice. Right, there you go. Very nice. Oh. Sorry to interrupt, guys. I was just handed this card. Apparently, these are the titles that were almost. Did it come in through at Stargate? Yeah, it just did. <laughs> that, the, the water part reached out and touched my nose, and then I got this from it. It says this: the alternate title was almost "Forbidden Finger Dirt Art," because everybody was always drawing stuff in the dirt and getting in trouble for right. it. No, 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 no. Uh, and then finally, and now I really want to just think about this one for a second. It was almost called Watergate. Do you get it? Mm. Not, Watergate. Not because of like the Watergate controversy from the seventies, mm-hmm. but because the gate looks like it's got water in it. Water. So water gate. Get it? I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, f- <laughs> we're not doing an email today. Instead, we're doing a phone call, which came into our uh, voicemail line, which you can call anytime. Listeners at home, 801-471-0462. If you'd still rather send email, filmsack at gmail.com. Uh, but here's a call about Watchmen, a recent episode we did. So here you go. Hi, my name is David Pick. I'm calling in regards to FilmSec, specifically FilmSec 410 on Watchmen. So I just uh, share with Scott, Brian, Brian, and Randy that uh, for preparation, I finally watched for the first time uh, Watchmen The Ultimate Cut. And mm. I have to say to Scott, if he liked the theatrical run, I think he's really going to like the Ultimate Cut if he gets to watch it. Uh, one thing I thought I'd share. Two years ago, I forgot I bought the graphic novel Watchmen, and uh, I never read it. I'm going to take Scott's advice, and I am going to read the graphic novel. I look forward to future film sack, and hope everyone has a great time. So, film sack, convincing you to read. Read. Yeah. Yeah. I picked up well, the book again and started reading it again. Is that weird? I not at all. Okay. I got in the mood. I don't know. How are you reading it? I mean, is there something <laughs> concerned about it? In bed, naked. No. Uh, yeah, actually, in bed. I have been reading it in bed, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's great. It's still great, and I'm glad he's reading it. Everybody listening mm-hmm. to this should read it. It's really, I, really it good. definitely adds so much more to the movie, like having that background, that other, that additional stuff to kind of fill in the cracks. Yeah, it's extremely well written too. So 
So Alan Moore's best work, perhaps, I think. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of everything he does, but that one's something special. Uh, thank you for the call. 801-471-0462 or email us, filmsack at gmail.com. Now, we, we okay, here's the deal. Brian Ibbett's going to be in Vegas next weekend. So whenever that sort of thing <laughs> happens, uh, the whole city shuts down. No, we, we usually try to do <laughs> some short thing like a watch along or whatever just to keep everybody uh, good for the week and that sort of thing. And what we're going to try to do, if we can, is we're going to actually get an episode of SG-1 in as a follow-up to, to, to today's show. The, the hard part is scheduling. I don't know if we're going to for sure have time. If we don't, then know that the reason there's no show next week is because we're taking it off because Brian's out of town. Uh, if that's the case, our next movie, after whatever we do, will be Skyline. And Skyline, Randy, remind me, is this Aaron Eckhart deal, right? No. Oh, what, what is it? I forget. <laughs> You're thinking about Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. No, what is it? Aaron Eckhart, Starbucks. always getting a venti latte. Beedy, beedy, beedy. Oh, Starbucks. Uh, or, uh, in the uh, 25th Buck century. Rogers. Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers. Yeah. Starbuck. No, let me just, I, I just want to, this is from 2010. Uh, the description goes, after a wild night of partying, Terry discovers that he's one of the few people left on Earth, then sets out to solve the mystery of what happened. Uh, a lot of younger actors, uh, some that you might have heard of from other things, but it actually spawned a sequel already. And so we have to watch the first one and find out why. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, look wow. at that. Second, so main character or main actor, Eric Balfour, who always should play the devil. Yeah. Yes. And um, Donald Faison from Scrubs. Oh. oh. All right. Like him. Oh, yeah, this is Eric Balfour when he was having a moment. Yep, this, okay, with the mm -hmm. mustache. All right. Mm -hmm. He's not doing shit now. So we're going to no. give, we're going to honor him. He's well, biding his time until they finally do a Frank Zappa uh, biopic and uh he'd be perfect and he's he's a shoe in yeah he'd be perfect for that i guess he does have some stuff going but i haven't heard of any of it <laughs> like none of this there's like yeah. some tv stuff and then a movie called bright in a hollow sky and manson girls oh i bet that's uh that you know what that'll be that'll be like those whenever there's a movie that kind of mirrors another movie tarantino's got his uh charlie manson movie coming out and then this thing will be like the the oh, transmorphers really Right, yeah. companion film kind of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it'll be deep. Transmorphers. <laughs> yeah, it'll be deep impact to their uh, Armageddon. Right, <laughs> right. We'll see. Anyway, there's that. And, yeah. And by the way, we're recording this just before the Oscars. You're probably listening oh, yeah. to it after you already know what happened, but we don't yet. Uh, anybody uh, have any idea of a film that can stop Roma? Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Green Book. I'm going to say Green Book beats Roma tonight for Best Picture, and I'm also going to say. Um, on iTunes, if you spend 10 bucks, you can download the entire collection of short film, live action short films, as well as three of the animated films, because yeah. I guess Disney didn't want to give up bow for this. Um, it's, it's a 10 bucks well spent, but let me tell you this, there is no light fluffy live action short this year. Every year there seems like there's one that's got kind of a light fluffy feel, um, if you're the parent of a small child, I don't think you want to watch any of them. <laughs> wow. Agreed. Totally agreed. And by the way, Bao has to win that that category, right? Like, it's just amazing. Oh, it, yeah, it, it totally. I, I I wasn't, as far as like little pre-Pixar uh, animated films, I don't think Bao is, is anywhere near as good as any of the other ones. But I think um, for me, actually, um, what is it? Not Weekends. Is it Weekends? 
the animated short weekends, mm-hmm. I think I might have liked better than. Oh no no no! It's the uh, one small step. I think has a chance of being a beating bow. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. I just, uh, I I I think probably the biggest question about the Oscars is do they do they give Spike Lee best director or does it go to Cuaron? And then we all feel weird about Spike Lee having been nominated and not winning. Has he still never won one? He's been nominated multiple times, but never won one. No, name? he's uh, he's only been nominated once before. Was do the and right thing. So this is, this is uh, yeah, this is like supposed to be a redemption, but I don't know. I, well, I maybe the Academy will do the right thing. No, <laughs> sounds like sounds like somebody's elevators here though. So probably uh, right. Someone's fries are. Well, down. it's my stupid neighbor kids who always come over and won't take. Don't answer the door for an answer. Mm. They'll knock on the door and knock on the door and knock on the door for 15 minutes. And when that doesn't work, they start ringing the doorbell. Southern kids, dude. I've been there. (laughs) That's what you're getting. You're getting a big taste of that. Uh, Well, all right, then. Uh, Well, one way or the other, Skyline is is a target. And next week, we'll know who won. Or whenever we meet again, we'll know who we already Oscars. we already know. Glenn Close is winning Best Actress. We we don't have to wait until. Do to we find know out that? that? Do we know that for sure? Do we. I mean, is yeah, this one pretty, of those? This is one of those. I think that's the big biggest lock. I don't know if 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 it agrees. Like, uh, it is uh, Rami Malek. He's due. Mm. <sighs> yeah, Rami Malek for uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't is, know. Is quite is close to a lock. I, yeah, I don't know either. Um, oh, uh, here's here here's an interesting one. Uh, best uh, adapted screenplay has felt like it's going to be a star is born for the entirety of Oscar season. Mm-hmm. And like that actually leads me to think maybe not, maybe they're going to give it to black K Klansman. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Black K Klansman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to, black, how do you, how do you, black, I'm looking go, forward to watching the Oscars to find out how they say that name. Yeah. They will say black Klansman. Yeah. Black kick. Ack, 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 ack. You ought to know by now. Yeah, like that. It'll be like that song. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll tune in and find out there at CBS, wherever the hell it is. I don't know what's on. I'm not giving them a pimp. I have no oh, idea. it's on. It's on uh, uh, ABC every oh, year. Yeah. ABC. Yeah, it's well done. Like if you go to if you go to like ABC.com or Oscar.com, it's ABC is everywhere. All right. Well, I hope they stream it because I going to be somewhere where i won't be able to watch it on a tv yeah. probably not tomorrow you can just watch the highlights i may do that <laughs> brian Brian's the one that goes all in on this i'll let him soak it up Yep, we actually have a we have a party every year where we have friends over and do the uh do the oscar predictions and prizes and a great so, meal and all that stuff again maybe we get this episode out and people are listening to it right before the oscars mm-hmm. go to oscar.com slash game they're like there's this fifty thousand dollar grand prize drawing happening on their official game and it's going to be running like concurrently with the oscars so you're going to actually you're not you're not going to be in advance you're going to be watching the show and doing their game at the same time like do that it's it looks like it's going to be really fun i wonder if it's going to be more than just predict the winner of this category if it's going to be like uh is uh is seth rogan going to screw up his lines for this intro yeah. Brian, it's going to include trivia questions. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I'm in. I like everything you're saying. <laughs> I like everything you're saying. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Filmsack.com is our website. You can leave your comments on the blog. I'm seeing more of that lately, and that's nice. So if you have thoughts and feelings, it's just a little free thing. Go over there and put your name in, and boom, you had a comment. 
Uh, that would be awesome. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, 801-471-0462. You can email us, filmsack at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at filmsack. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Blah, blah. <laughs> Damn it, Kowalski. We'll see you next, <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.